Welcome to Frontline Church South OKC Sermon Podcast. Each week we will have new sermon content from Sunday mornings, both video and audio options. Please visit south.frontlinechurch.com for more information. If you have any questions, need prayer, or have any other needs at all, please email hello at frontlinechurch.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. teaching is Luke 2, 1 through 14. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Aquarius was governor of Assyria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she, was, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there was shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the word of God to us. Thank you, Callie. Callie? You said Kaylee. Callie, I told him two times. Well, I heard Kaylee. Anybody hear Kaylee? Just kidding. Her dad heard Kaylee. Hey, uh, before we take too long arguing, my name's Tyler. I usually get to teach on Sundays to our kids, and uh, because of that, we thought everyone would be more comfortable if we brought the kids in here. Um, so I think I see a few kids. Merry Christmas. Uh, believe it or not, Jesus doesn't just get a day. He gets a whole Christmas week, uh, and so we're actually going to step into a season of remembering that this week and next week, uh, remembering the story of Christmas. And so we're getting to uh, the story of Christmas because there's something about a story that does does stuff to us that's a little bit different than just facts or data. And so we, we're getting to this story because if you can think about uh, really awesome films that came out this year, like Dune, um, which is probably my favorite film that came out this year, or the new Spider-Man, uh, there's something about these stories that kind of captures their audience, uh, both with the characters, uh, the otherworldly interventions, and then there's these facts of uh, things that break in and produce really, really great joy. And that's a lot like our story in the story of Christmas. We get an intervention that's otherworldly. Uh, we have events that result in great emotions, and there's characters that we can relate to. So that's why we're jumping into the Christmas story today. If you can think about where we just came from in the season of Advent, uh, we didn't just rush to the Christmas celebration. We actually paused and said, hey, uh, we too are awaiting the arrival of the kingdom in all of its fullness. 
So yes, God has ushered in the love, hope, joy, and peace at Christmas to us. But if we looked into our world and we looked into our own lives, we'd see places where that's not, we don't, we don't see that in all of its fullness. So we're stepping into the story of Christmas in Luke 2. And as we get to chapter 2, a messenger from God visits an unlikely young girl who all we know is a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph, who by a miracle from God becomes pregnant with a boy who is to be called Jesus. And the beginning of Luke 2 paints the backdrop of this story. The leader of the known world, the Caesar, calls for a registration where everyone has to return to their hometown. So here's Mary, very, very pregnant, making a would-be 90-mile journey on foot with her soon-to-be husband, arriving in his hometown. And upon their arrival, this baby boy is ready to be born. And in the midst of trying to find a place to stay in Joseph's hometown, this baby is delivered in a place where animals stay and is laid where animals eat. And this is the beginning of our Christmas story. So let's pick up in verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So messengers from God show up to a group of shepherds who have the night watch uh, in a nearby countryside. And in the midst of being incredibly scared and frightened, these sheep watchers receive this message. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This is our story of Christmas. Many of you maybe read this story yesterday. Uh, The story of Christmas is a story of good news. Now, if you've been in a church service or you've been in church at all before, uh, that phrase good news maybe makes you think of the word gospel and then maybe makes you think about other Christian theology words. But before it ever meant anything to do with Jesus, it was actually a word that referred, uh, that was regularly referenced in the Roman world. So a good news announcement was made when a Roman emperor was born or when a Roman emperor was put on the throne or when some sort of military conquest was made. So there's this gospel announcement and that's helpful to this story because To its original audience, Luke is cluing them into some important details. A good news announcement is what these messengers bring. Good news that the rule and reign of God's enemies, Satan, sin, and death, were coming to an end. God was doing something. God was intervening on behalf of his people who were under their powers. And this language told its first audience that, hey, in this birth of this new king, a new kingdom was being ushered in. So yes, I know it looks like Caesar's still on the throne, but hey, this new king has arrived. This is good news. So as Oklahomans, or most of us, unless you're in town from out of state, uh, this is helpful for us who live in America, where we're often sold really good advice, or I guess depend on your uh, party affiliate, uh, okay advice, uh, for you and your neighbors to have a better life and have a little taste of heaven on earth. That if we just bought into building back better or making America great again, we'd taste some of that heaven. Now, the God of the Bible intervenes in a much different way. Not with good advice or a political campaign, but good news. Tim Keller says this about the difference of good news and good advice. Uh, Christmas is good news, not good advice. 
Advice is counsel about what you must do. News is a report about what has already been done. Advice urges you to make something happen. News urges you to recognize something that has already happened and respond to it. This is the story followers of Jesus remember during Christmas, and this is the same story offered to people who feel no need for God today. We don't have very much good advice. Uh, We just have good news. Good news actually captures your life story into the very story of God. That because you cannot make yourself right before God, nor are you very good at being your own God, this baby king has actually made a way for you to be close to God. And by more than just a cognitive belief, you're invited to follow Jesus' life and teachings. And by doing so, you would receive, as the psalmist says, pleasures forevermore. Where do these pleasures come from? Well, they come from being in God's presence, a life where you're known by God. And that's the good news of Christmas. So if you just think about good news, like, man, that sounds like great news. What does good news result in? If you've ever uh, experienced good news in your family, what is, does it actually affect you on an emotional level? Look back at the messenger's announcement. They say this, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Christmas is a story of great joy. And if you can think about good news, um, over the past two years, or uh, I guess how you're counting COVID years, 75 years, uh, there is plenty of stories of bad news, um, like just tons and tons of stories. And bad news isn't new to the 21st century. If you're my age, you kind of think that like, has the world always been this bad? You're very Chicken Little-esque. And your parents are like, no, there's like multiple wars we went through and all this stuff. But with the cell phone and social media, you're like, man, the world is on fire literally every moment of every day. And by the time you get out of service, uh, something else will have happened that is pretty scary. Uh, We're just inundated at rates that are hard to keep up with. Um, And so every now and then, the internet comes with this Easter egg of good news. Like we see these very, a little bit on the internet. And one of the things that captured that for me in the past two years was actually John Krasinski's uh, Some Good News videos on YouTube. Anybody see those at all? He's handsome, obviously, but he's also very funny. I can't endorse this show from up here. So like right here, The Office is like kind of funny. And you shouldn't watch it if you're under 18. If you do watch it under 18, I'd love to meet your parents and just talk about their choice of letting you watch shows. Um, And so John Krasinski's uh, highlighting these stories of good news in a way that was so captivating to me. Because I'm just inundated with, man, like death rates, racism, all of these things that are going on in our world. And this one very like comedic, obviously somewhat of a nice person on video, uh, it's just highlighting these stories of good news where uh, firefighters were mowing elderly citizens' lawns uh, or uh, Amazon workers being gifted. They're doing their job and they're being gifted toilet paper and toiletries by the people that they're dropping off packages to. And I'm just like weeping watching this video of this Amazon driver like, thank you. And I'm like, if everyone just knew how to like use the appropriate amount of toilet paper, like when they went to the bathroom, we wouldn't have this problem. Uh, but I'm just weeping because like what was going on? Uh, there's a good news story that was just capturing me. My wife's like, what's wrong with you? Nothing, I'm just watching YouTube. And she's like, okay, uh, we need to talk. Um, but these stories affected me because they were stories of good news. So if you think about this story, it's no different. It's a story of great joy. Good news resulting in great joy. Uh, often other languages than uh, English uh, have words that mean things that English doesn't and is maybe a helpful more language. Uh, in Greek, the adjective is actually mega. So think about this, good news of mega joy. That sounds like some sort of comic book. Mega joy, if you think about this news. 
and this good news that resulted in the fact that no longer are you and I just uh, having to basically self uh, recreate ourselves out of the wounds of childhood. No longer do we have to actually just work to better create our lives. But because God actually broke into human history, humanity's offered the very presence of God again, and this is cause for mega joy. Uh, so maybe you're like, good news of great joy. We could, we could just change that to mega joy. And this is why we sing songs like, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Not because many of us feel like warm fuzzies about all of the Christmas songs, but because there's actually good news of great joy. Sidebar, um, if you haven't had enough Christmas parties already, Christmas is also a, a good season to celebrate Christmas parties. Many of you are probably not short on Christmas parties, um, but if you need any help, um, there might be a few Enneagram 7s in the room that would maybe help you out. Um, party, Christmas is a time for parties. But if that's all true, if it's a story of good news that is, is to result in great joy, um, why don't some of us experience this at Christmas? And it's not just those of us who don't know the story. It's like, oh, well, yeah, all my friends who don't follow Jesus don't know this story. No, many of us in the room, whether you cognitively ascend to truths about Jesus or you follow him daily, uh, are probably carrying around some pain or loss in this season. Many of us who've been following Jesus for years struggle to experience the mega joy offered to us in Christmas. Why is this? I think for one, we live in the time between the first coming of Jesus and awaiting the second. And so it's okay to just like address the elephant in the room that like many things in the world and in our own lives are still not as they should be. And so though Jesus ushered in his kingdom, we still are longing for it in all of its fullness. The story of God is that one day his kingdom that we see bits and pieces of now will be here in all of its fullness. So there will be a day where all the bad news of depression and loneliness, sickness and racism poverty and hunger and death itself will be no more. That's coming for us. Because of the first coming and the promise of the second, all of those things have an expiration date. But here we are in between. Both of those places where we still long for the coming of God's kingdom in all of its fullness. This is why some of us are carrying deep pain. We're longing for all things to be made new. And secondly, though joy can rush over you in a moment of watching an Amazon worker receive toilet paper, we're longing because joy more often than not has to be chosen. This good news has to be remembered, sat in, and daily came back to. Uh, Henry Nouwen says it like this, joy doesn't simply happen to us, but we have to choose joy and choose it every day. Choosing joy, not ignoring your pain. Choosing joy, not ignoring your circumstances, but choosing joy even in their midst. So if you just think about the story of Christmas, we don't actually move on from this. Uh, this is why we gathered the day after Christmas. Like, believe it or not, like that's a crazy idea to like regather and re-remember what we're currently celebrating. And this is why we're going to gather for the next 52 weeks of 2022 to sing songs of remembering the same news. We don't like move on to some cooler news like we don't got anything else to offer but the same good news and all of its fullness from Genesis to Revelation this good news is what we remember each Sunday this is why we submit ourselves to the way God forms Christ's likeness in us in a community of people in really mundane ordinary ways through confessing sin being assured of the gospel sharing life with one another to follow Jesus is just to practice remembering the joy that we're offered at Christmas so in light of that, can I just say to those who follow Jesus, our world needs this joy. 
If you can think about just the way that John Krasinski was like, hey, there's kind of a need on the internet for some good news and all of my comedic relief and maybe even like unhealth of like, hey, let's ignore all the bad stuff and let me just pop up some good news. I don't think he was trying to do that, but there's a way that like that is in, inevitably all of us want to relieve the tension of like, oh man, what do we do with all the, the problems in the world? How much more do followers of Jesus have to receive the good news at Christmas and herald it? How much more should we embrace the fact that we've been given good news, not good advice, so to tell people to like new year and new you themselves to death over 2022, even if you're going to do whole 30, God bless you. Um, we've got good news to actually embrace and good news to actually walk in, good news to actually remember. Our world needs this news and they need this joy. Polit- like Politically, we're polarized. Unlimited freedoms have not made good on their promises. We're not less depressed. We have good news, and there's a well of joy that doesn't end when we take the Christmas tree down. Yours should stay up for at least another 12 days. Kids, don't let your parents take the Christmas tree down yet. But there's a well of joy that lasts even when Christmas is over. And this is the story of Christmas. So wrapping up, if the Christmas story is the beginning of good news that has the potential to result in mega joy for you and I, what type of people is this for? It's just, just for like the few of us that would go and watch Dune and not be confused like my wife was because she didn't read the book. And I told her like, hey, like I could give you the cliff notes. Is, is this story of Christmas just for like those type of people? Well, let's look again at that messenger's announcement. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. Christmas is a story for all people. If you just look at the characters in this story, many of us would probably not uh, have any of these characters on our dodgeball team or want to play D&D with them or whatever. Uh, I don't know what other games that you play that you'd not want these people on your team for. Uh, but the characters in this story are a young girl pregnant outside of marriage, a man named Joseph whose fiance is pregnant but not from him, who he's contemplating divorcing her in private to uh, try to follow Jewish law, a group of blue-collar workers who were religiously unclean and not allowed near to the things of God. And if I'm writing this story, I would have made a good news announcement about my kingdom coming to the person with the most cultural clout or the ability to send my message to the masses. I would have Facebook-lived it. I would have maybe sent my news to Caesar. Like Caesar's in the story, but he doesn't get the good news. Who does the good news come to? The religiously unclean. This baby king is born into our broken world and comes in the quiet of a rundown cave. And he's laid where animals eat. And God's messengers come, not to the king of the empire, but to a group of sheep watchers. So what kind of story is this? What kind of people is this story for? The story is for those, our world is overlooked. For those who have either been disqualified by our world or have disqualified themselves. Those who don't fit into religious categories. Maybe you're here with a friend and you'd say, hey, I don't really fit into religious categories. This story is for you. The story's for those who feel unseen or undesirable. It's for you and me. And if all of that is true, what do we do with this story? All, all good stories do something to us in a way that you'd go see a really great movie and then walk out of the movie theaters feeling changed or like you're gonna go live differently until you get to the car and something happens. Uh, but if all good stories alter your very life, what do we do with this story? Well, if you can remember, good news uh, doesn't really result in like necessarily action steps for here's what to do, but rather reception. You receive it. You receive this story and you practice remembering it. 
The story of Christmas is for anybody and everybody who would receive it by admitting that even on their best day, maybe on vacation or getting the best gift after Christmas, uh, that they can't find all of their longings made right by this world. Even on their best day when they've got their stuff together in the ideal house with the ideal spouse or the ideal life, uh, this world cannot make good on its promises. The story of Christmas is to be received and it's to be remembered. So, family of God, let's remember this story that we've been caught up into. No matter what this last year or last week looked like, remember this good news and rehearse this news to yourself that it might result in great joy. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, this story actually just invites you into receiving it. We don't have good advice. We can't just tell you good luck self-actualizing yourself into the new year. This good news is that God knows that you can't new year and new year yourself and that he actually knows that and moves towards you in light of that. So you're invited today to follow Jesus and take part in the story that he's been writing.